Hi, welcome to the Whole V Mark Show, and today I am talking to Scott Marlow. Is that correct? Marlow, yes. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, well, I've been a cryptozoologist for, oh, I guess about uh, going on 40 years now. Uh, I taught the first cryptozoology courses at a state college ever here in the United States. Going back a couple of years, I haven't done it in a couple of years since, but I do uh, did do it. Uh, I'm active with uh, research and have done so all over the world. And uh, yeah, that's you know pretty much it, other than written a few books. Uh, a couple of my books are, are more popular over there in the UK and uh, Europe than they are here. Uh, the one that is particularly popular over there is the one I did on Bigfoot in art history. Uh, that's, that sells extremely well over there in the UK, uh, but it's a little too highbrow for us uh, crazy Yanks. Huh. I, I, I see you've got, you've got, when I read your little bit of your bio, it said you've got a few creatures named after you. Uh, well, not creatures. Uh, I've had uh, Dr. Patuk uh, named a particular type of mollusk after me that he had uh, discovered a new species. But uh, uh, it's called a, a marlowi. It's a, a, some, a kind of a cancellaria, which is a, a seagoing vampire shellfish. All right. Don't think I want to meet him in the dark night, then. Uh, well, as long as you're not sleeping in the sand, I don't think you'd have much to worry about. <laughs> I read today in the paper over here that they reckon the great white shark could be possible off the... UK waters in 10 years time great white shark yeah they're probably there already I think so as well because there have been sightings yeah I mean I mean great whites are uh, range all over the world Uh, now as as far as I know they don't get to the extreme north I don't think they'd handle the ice cold water well but uh, you know the uh, northern European Off the coast of Italy, they've had um, fatalities. Uh, yeah, that's very possible. Uh, we, I know they've had quite a few attributed to the Great White off of South Africa. Uh, we've had a couple of attacks here in the United States, although they're usually on the west coast in the area of Monterey Bay in California. Uh, and they're, they're quite prolific there uh, in, uh, in that particular area of the California coast. Uh, they are seen periodically here uh, in the state of Florida off the coast, but there haven't been any attacks that I'm aware of that have been attributed to the Great White here uh, in the state of Florida, at least not recently. I think I'm correct in saying that the shark hasn't changed much since its evolution. Well, yes and no. I mean, uh, every million years or so, enough... Uh, enough uh, uh, occurs in any species that it literally becomes a new species so uh, you know, the great white is largely unchanged but uh, uh, that doesn't mean that there haven't been changes over the millennia obviously you know a little bit about British Bigfoot as well uh, well yeah Bigfoot uh, of course our southern Sasquatch is called the swamp ape here uh, they may or may not be the same uh, species as the classic American uh, uh, Sasquatch from the West Coast. Uh, there are some anatomical differences that uh, you can see in their tracks and uh, in, in other aspects of the creature. So I, I don't think that they are one and the same, uh, but many of my colleagues do. That's the first thing I like about cryptozoology. It's quite a vast field. I like I like the fact when we discover animals we didn't think we knew existed. Well, I mean, it's, it's 
it's always fun to discover something new, and uh, you know, cryptozoology is great. I mean, there's lots of skeptics out there who constantly say there is no such thing as an expert in an animal that, that may or may not exist. That's nonsense. Uh, you know, you could be an expert in uh, various aspects of uh, any kind of creature, anatomy and zoology, uh, enough to know whether there's a possibility that something could or could not exist. Uh, dragons in the classical sense, for example, or probably with the fire-breathing dragons and all that, is probably largely uh, legend and myth. But that doesn't mean that there was a, wasn't at one time some sort of a creature that looked like a dragon, uh, although it may not have all of the uh, uh, powers, if you want to call it that, that a dragon has attributed to it. Uh, but uh, you know, I go crazy when I hear people talking about uh, animals that disappear into dimensions and things like that because that just is not possible. It's not, it's not feasible. There's no animal on the planet that does that. Nobody can point to one, so you have no example whatsoever of an animal that could even begin to do that type of thing. Yeah, I, I find that a bit not... I'm not too sure about that theory. I'll listen to it. Um, to, me that, to me, that's kind of like conjuring up, and, and you know, and I, I have the utmost respect for the lady, but that's you know, that it's way, it's way more likely that I'm going to run into Dumbledore and Harry Potter than it is I'm going to run into a, a, a Bigfoot that disappears into another dimension. Do you, do, you, do you think people always think, when they hear the word cryptozoologies, they always think, oh, you mean monsters like... Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster, they don't realise that well, it, it, there's more to it. That's part of it, but they don't realise that there are the hundreds of hundreds of, of creatures that are legendary, if you want to call them, uh, you know, some kind of a label, that are said to exist, but that have not been proven yet to the scientific community that they do exist. But about 300 new creatures per year, not all of them bigger than a bread box, admittedly, but uh, yeah, there, there are about 300 different animals per year are identified and uh, become zoological specimens instead of cryptozoological specimens because they, you know, once they're discovered, they're no longer encrypted. Well, my, well I, I, I don't know if you know Richard Freeman. I know the name. Anyway, he does a lot of searching for the orange pen deck. Yeah, I know Adam. I've done an interview with him, and I've met him in John's house. Yes. He is very knowledgeable as well. Oh yes, Adam's been to Sumatra many times looking for the orang pendic. Have you ever done any expeditions yourself? Just as you know, a vast area, as you mentioned before, Bigfoot is mentioned. People just think it's just America, but there's China, Russia, Britain, oh, no, there's Spain, there's France. On every continent other than, than Antarctica, uh, they're, they're, they've been seen on, any, on every continent, but they're not always called Bigfoot. There's different colloquial names for them everywhere you go. Do you think it's like us? They, they probably travelled like we travelled. And do you think that they are either a, a separate species, or like a or a man-like ape? I'm not sure how you're, you know, the way you're framing the question. I'm not sure how to answer it. They're probably some kind of, of human relative or ape relative, but they are not necessarily the same species. Yeah, there are some people who think that they're a relic hominin, which would mean that they're a more primitive form of man than homo sapiens. Uh, 
and then there are others that don't think that they are that far evolved from from apes. They're just more human-like than the, the, the typical ape or uh, chimpanzee or gorilla, shall we say? Well, I, I I think that we underestimate the intelligence of early man. Well, I think people underestimate the intelligence of animals all the time. Oh yes, they're more they they're intelligent in ways that we don't perceive it as intelligence. Well, we, we don't live around them so easily. I mean, you know, Jane Goodall did a wonderful job uh, showing us that chimpanzees are way more intelligent than we thought they were, and they had a much more developed culture than we thought they had. But that's because she spent time with them. She observed them, and she uh, and, and doing so, she did, so, did, did it without the baggage of uh, preconceived notions. That was one good thing that Louis Leakey did with her. Uh, at, you know, when she did her, her Gumby research, she was uh, had been his, his secretary. Uh, and then he fast-tracked her through the academics in order to get her a doctorate so people would listen to her. But uh, it, it, that, that kind of thing happens all the time. Uh, you know, I've, I've watched uh, blackbirds and bluebirds make tools and use them, uh, you know, which is thought to be ridiculous for a bird, but they do it. I watched a program the other day about squirrels, and they did this um, salt course, and they did it like various things, like to develop, to enhance the squirrels' no. skills. And it took them no. within a day to do the whole course. <laughs> I bet they're quite happy with that. Yeah, he, he, he likes his, his pets and he's really into animals. He works at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And, uh, you know, he just he loves his animals. So, you know, he, uh, he, he likes to observe them. I, I've even seen him put his hand out with bird feet in it and the birds land on his hand to eat it. I mean, you know, he's a gentle, gentle kid. And uh, the, the animals seem to know it. I mean, they're very intelligent in, in knowing good people from bad people. And you know, I pay attention to the way my, my animals relate to others because they're usually right about whether somebody's a good person or a bad person. They just have a good sense for it. Well, I, I think I'm right when I say that, that we, we have a very strong relationship with dogs. I think we've got a more em, em, empathic, empathy kind of relationship now. Well, they're pack animals, and they, you know, and they, uh, they, they, you know, they run in packs, and they, they have accepted humans as part of their their clutch, uh, and, and cats do that too. Talking of cats, now, obviously, you've heard of um, the Beast of Bodmin and Dartmoor and around that area. I seriously believe there is it is possible for a big cat to survive out there. And there was big um the dangerous animals kept before seventy six, I think, in Britain. And they they reckon that some of them were released. Do you think it's possible that there is a big cat over here? Cryptozoology will be accepted science. Eventually, yes. What do you think will make that happen? 
discovery of new animals that uh, and we do it in a scientific way and we get away from all this uh, paranormal nonsense that uh, you know, many people who are laymen in the field keep throwing out there uh, and when the media starts treating us more seriously than, uh, than they tend to do uh, you know, they want to portray us all the time as a bunch of nuts running around the woods looking for a, a spook and, uh, and not doing the kinds of things that we really do accomplish yeah did you see that program about the Bigfoot on that they did where the, the uh, man did a, some tests on the hairs that they found yes yes and it, it was either a bear, but he, they reckon now it was a hybrid bear between a brown and a blue. Yeah, that's, that's normal. I'm, I'm one of the five people in the United States that have discovered hair that has been tested that came back as being unidentifiable as any known creature. Wow. So it wasn't identified in any sort of way. And people say, oh, why can't we find it? But you're thinking, well, animals are clever. They're not going to just go, hi, hello, I'm here. Well, I mean, you know, clever, yes, that's one thing. But another is our technology is good, but it's not that good. We're not omnipresent. I mean, granted, we can you know, use a satellite 200 miles up into the air and zero in on a, a matchbook and read it from that distance in space on your back porch. But you know what? we got to know exactly where the back porch is and exactly where that matchbook is in order to do it. You know, how are you going to, to see the entire planet at the same time and everything under it? You can't, not unless you know exactly where to look. So that, that's a ridiculous argument when someone says that you know, with, with the technology we have today, we should be able to. That's not true. Well, we've got a bit left field here. You know when we look for life on different planets, now do you think we're looking in the wrong places? Because I think we keep saying life as we know it. Well, we, 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 that's one of the problems with being human. We have anthropological uh, uh, blinders on. Everything is interpreted in, the ter in terms we conceive for ourselves. Even God is created in our image. We don't, God, we're not created in God's image. We create God in our image. And that doesn't mean he looks anything like that, if he exists at all. It's, it's, just, so, it's strange how we do that, isn't it? I also think that cryptozoology encourages conservation as well. Well, a, a good cryptozoologist is going to want to conserve uh, animals. Uh, not all of them do. I get, I get bristle when I hear somebody talking about killing an animal to prove it exists. You know, that kind of thing makes me sick to my stomach. No, I don't agree with that either. But there are people out there that do that. You know, they, 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 and I understand their frustration because people don't believe them when they saw and they, you know, they want to prove that it's true. But you know, that's your problem. That's, that's something coming from your gut. That doesn't, that, it doesn't help the animal one iota. Hey, when, you've gone, when you've gone out for your Bigfoot hunts, have you heard mm -hmm. things or seen footprints? Or? Oh, God, yes. You know, it's, I, I go out there, but you've got to remember, it's kind of like paleontology in a way. You can go out looking for fossils and not, and not find a thing. And then there are other occasions where you stumble on a, a, you know, a fossil bed, and you, you, I mean, you can't dig two inches without finding one. It, it's catch as catch can. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but you've got to be patient and keep it up. Yes, that's a bit people don't realise. They think 
they don't realise how many hours of research you've done just to go to plan an expedition to go to see it, where well, the creature could be. Remember, this is science. It's not entertainment. If you want to be entertained and, and definitely go see an animal 100% of the time uh, in, an, in an odd situation, go to Disney World. Yeah, that's where you belong because you know, if you're if you're expecting that every time you go out you're going to hit pay dirt, you're being completely unrealistic. Now I've seen I've seen the documentaries like Blue Planet where they go behind oh. the scenes, and the, the yes. days they've had to wait just for one shot. I think some people are. I like. We won't. Well, I could say a lot about your president, but I'm going to keep very stubborn about that. Sometimes we ignore the fact that humans also are technically encrypted. No, I mean, we're, no, we're a known species, but we've defined ourselves. So, you know, I mean, it's, it, we're not encrypted. Now, if uh, a new human were to evolve, which of course can happen because evolution is a continuing process, that might be a different story. But uh, it's, it's very unlikely. We'd know about it pretty quickly. Because I know that for a fact humans are developing because kids now are getting taller and females are becoming more um, developed younger. Mm, yes. That's in part because of the things we put in our food, but yes. Do you think there'll come a time that we won't, say, like, we won't recognise ourselves as humans as we are now? Yeah, I seriously believe that. I think because of the technology we got now, we could do things that we could never do before. Mm-hmm. That's that's very true. Do you do you do you think it, that it if someone was trying to get into cryptozoology, is it easy to do or hard to do? No, I call myself a student. Now we're all students. They, I mean, even when you're a professional, you're always learning. But yeah, it, it all depends on how you look at it. Yes, it, it, if people do it for academic reasons and scholarly reasons, that's one thing. There are lots of people out there that uh, that go out with the attitude that, oh, I'm going to discover this creature and I'm going to win the Nobel Prize. That is not a cryptozoologist. That's that's a, 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 a publicity hound. Well, I just got into it because, but as I said, I, I used to live in Walsley, where John Down, Downs lives. Yep. And um, I, I was looking for volunteer work, and I saw an advert for his um, CSF youth place. And I, met, I just got into volunteering with him and... He said to me about cryptozoology and what it was, and I was quite interested. And I've read books and things like that. And as I say, I, I find it absolutely fascinating. I, I find the it's, fact that... It's very fascinating if you're a scholar, because you know, the, the good example is, as I mentioned in my book, uh, Bigfoot and Art History, You know, when you really start studying, so many people thought that Bigfoot uh, was a modern... Uh, creation of a phenomenon that is only recent. The research I've done around the world on these animals, it's been around since humans first evolved. Uh, I mean, 
the very first piece of uh, uh, literature, the Epic of Gilgamesh, if you read it very carefully, the character in Kidu is a Bigfoot. Wow. This shows you if you do the... I also, I, think, I reckon there must be archaeological evidence somewhere. Exactly. It's not possible. As he said about earlier about dragons. Dragons are in nearly every culture on the planet. They were with us when we was early man. They helped us out. Great fan of mutations. I, 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 I got, I got into muta- mutated rats. Because mm-hmm. when my dad used, used to work on the dust or garbage, as you probably would call it in America, um, um, he used to tell me when he, about the rats that used to be on the tip. They were larger than the average rat. Obviously, a because it. And also, they're very good at mutating from poisons that try to kill them. Well, some are, yes. I mean, you know, for example, the mongoose can take a strike from a cobra and recover from it. We did that. We'd probably be dead. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, not, I wouldn't want to get bit by a cobra, but, you know, come close a couple of times. Thank God it didn't get me, but yeah. Well, the most fascinating thing I've heard about a cryptid creature, and I don't, um, I, I, this could be just an urban myth, uh, and I put, you probably don't like that word, but <laughs> anyway, it's called, it's called, it's called the Rat Man of South End. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of my favourite, like, urban myths come cryptid. Yes, there's some very weird and wonderful ones out there. I, found, I, I keep finding more and more every time I look it up. Too many to when people start looking and say, "Oh, they don't know what they're talking about." I would suggest people look up cryptozoology on our friend Google, and you'll be shocked how much stuff comes up. Well, go out there and spend some time in the forest. You'll find some interesting things. Exactly, go and explore. That's the best way to find things, isn't it? I get a, 
like I said, I get a little upset with people who claim to be out there doing research, but they're you know using it as an excuse to go spend the weekend drinking in the woods. But that's you know that's going to happen. Well, I know a lady who does the British Bigfoot side thing called Deborah Hatswell, and she does a lot of going in the woods and searching for British Bigfoot, and she has actually had an encounter with one as well. And she does a lot of the witness reports. I've got a I've got a good friend over there now who's a very supportive and has helped us uh, through contributions and other types of research. Loretta Collins, who's in Edinburgh right now. Uh, matter of fact, she's probably at uh, the, uh, 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 the chapel right uh, today. But uh, in any event, uh, uh, she's over there right now and uh, exploring and has been uh, all over the British Isles. Uh, looking for the, the last week. Yes, it, as you say, it, 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 it's such a. Um, do you find it easy to do your books when you write your books about um, your subject? I imagine you do quite a lot of research before you start oh, a book. Yeah. It's like everything. Everybody has like a favorite subject they really love. Love. If I witness something, I would like to try and get it out there. I would try to remember it as quickly, I'll write it down as quickly as I could. Because yes. your memory gets blurred in time, unfortunately. books that you have written you said that you were the most popular one before why do you think it is much more popular than the others Sharing new ones with me, which is always fun. 
Uh, and then there are some that are a little bit stranger that uh, don't have a lot of a lot of uh, evidence to go with them, but the stories themselves are interesting. So you know that those you know I've, I've got I guess about a dozen books out there now, and uh, you know that it's it's just it, it just keeps growing. Do you, well, when you work with media, let's say TV, do you think they should restrict some of the things that you can do? Well, with special effects today, you can do anything. So, you know, I, I, you know, I've got problems with the programs that uh, make a farce out of what we do. But on the other hand... There have been some, you know, in the past, have been some great shows. Monster Quest is a terrific example. Monster Quest was a wonderful show. Unfortunately, History Channel, in their inimitable wisdom, thought it was necessary to kill the show and uh, literally campaigned to destroy it in the last season uh, because you had somebody come in who was new as a programming person and wanted to put her own stamp on uh, everything that came out, and we wound up with you know, limp-wristed people running around selling antiques instead of doing anything that really was historical. But you know, what can I say? You know, that's that's television. Yeah. Okay. That's American television. Well, it's good. Well, I I do like watching documentaries because I learn a lot from them. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. But you also have to bear in mind with many of the documentaries that you know, the people who make them are not necessarily experts in the field that they're making a movie about. They're experts in making movies, so they don't always get everything right. You have to have to go behind everybody and check on your facts. Yeah, I think that's important as well. I mean, if if you see a documentary about, say, big cats in Australia, you go look it up and say, oh, yeah, they got that wrong. Oh, I didn't realise there was... Oh, I didn't realise they'd come in that state and all that, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Now, uh, what advice would you give to a young person who may be listening thinking... I would like to get into cryptozoology. What advice would you give them? Well, the first thing, be prepared for a whole lot of ridicule. Uh, but if that doesn't bother you, then you know, get out there. First of all, you need to know animals that do exist. So study zoology. Study it very carefully and particularly pay attention to odd or unusual animals uh, that exist. And then, then begin to branch off into studying those animals that may or may not exist, because at least at that point you've got uh, a good idea, a good grasp of what types of animals are out there. And, and the various ways that nature, in its inimitable wisdom, can, uh, can cause variations on a theme that work. You know, what, what is it about these animals that allow them to continue to exist? And, you know, when you got a handle on that, you, can, you get a very good handle on what is possible. It's like it's Darwin. When, when Darwin brought his theory, theory of um, yeah. evolution, although he's a great Christian, people keep forgetting that part. Um, so obviously it was a conflict of his religious beliefs as well. Yes, I think that's important for people to remember that. Yeah, it is very important to remember that. And, and uh, you know, a, a, a deity that is able to do that, to uh, arrange DNA and uh, the, the chemistry that goes into life in all these many, many millions of ways in order to develop a different creature on this, based on the same chemistry, same biochemistry, it is more interesting to me than something that can 
that could conjure anything out of the thin air. I think we, I think we're only like two or three chromosomes away from a chimpanzee or something, isn't it? And it's strange, isn't it? So there's just that four percent that's made yes. a difference. Yes, but but every living thing on the planet is still based on DNA. So we're all the same, virtually. Well, we all come from the same source if you go back far enough. Actually, I think uh, science has pretty much discovered that all life on this planet evolved from a sponge. They'll probably find the sponges in. The earliest they found at the moment, they're probably something probably earlier than that. Uh, well, of, of course, and the, uh, the bottom line is we all came from the same source. Everything, everything you see, every living thing on the planet evolved from the same source. And, and you know, to that that kind of diversity is totally amazing. It's it's remarkable. That to me is more of a miracle than anything else. I don't like the way the world is destroying the infrastructure of, of certain animals. Uh, well, I agree with you there. Uh, it's, uh, it's a shame. Yeah, people, people are basically selfish, I think, unfortunately. I, I, I think that they don't realise that they say, oh, it's only one creature. But that one creature could, make, could be food for... Everything serves a purpose. Yeah. Just because we don't like that purpose. Yeah. Like, say, vultures. They have to be the dustbins. Well, I'm not partial to snakes, but I respect what they do. So you're not going to find me killing one, even though I don't like them. Well, you said they've all got, they've all got this... Um, they've been... It's, a need for the planet to be all intermixed. Yes, everything in this planet needs everything else on this planet, whether they want to admit it or not. It's like the destruction of the bees, isn't it? Yes. Well, you know, they'll find out if they kill off all the bees, they'll find out very quickly what it's like to starve. Yes, people don't realise how much bees do. Yes. I think an average bee can pollinate Oh, God, I've forgotten how many of you. It's quite a lot. <laughs> yes. Yes. We could not do it. Even if we built the biggest drones possible and tried to do it ourselves, we could never reproduce what nature does. Nope. Nope. It's a bit like the recent heat wave we're going through on the planet. Lots of money. <laughs> well, that, and there, therein lies my point. Uh, a little tiny bit from a lot adds up to a whole lot. They could do a lot with saving. It always amazes me how they find more ways to kill you than save you. Just shows you what a violent species we really are. Yes, exactly. But now don't, you know, that's, that's also something that is innate to primates. Yes, because most primates have a... Um, Chimpanzees do it too. Yeah. Monkeys do it. Gorillas I, can do it, but they don't generally. I think I've heard, I've seen somewhere where chimpanzees will kill another chimpanzee and eat it. Not very often, but it does happen. Yes, it does happen. Uh, uh, it's probably over because there's a there's no food, 
or B, it's because... So like, oh, you're in my, you're in my land. Yeah. I'm gonna make sure yeah. you don't come back. Yeah. Now, when you hear myths about certain creatures, say like, um, I'll give you an example: werewolves. Now, werewolves have, have got a, a slight bit of truth in it because of the people got who have long, grow hair on their bodies. I know a lot of people practice being vampires over in the States. by um, the Brothers Grimm. Now if you read the original fairy stories they're based on, not the Hollywood versions, they are very, very graphic, horrific tell tales. Yes, I can, uh, one of them is Ring of Ring of Roses is a classic song to do the Black Death. Yes. Which I found out the other day wasn't completely the rat's fault, fleas' fault. It had it, human fleas are blamed as well. Well, any flea that, that bit something absorbed the blood and, and consequently was uh, ingested the organism that causes the bubonic plague, it would be able to spread it. You know, but the insects are, are commonly uh, spreaders of disease. You know, what about yellow fever? That was mosquito born. And I think the last biggest known pandemic that I know of that killed lots of people, killed more people than the Second World War and the First World War together, was the Spanish flu. Yes. And that's not so well documented. Yeah, the old they've they've tried everything possible to kill off mosquitoes. I think I read somewhere that someone was going to change their sex, make sure that they was all born female or something. This is the insects are very nature is very good at biting back. Do you think that's why, as you say about global warming, do you think nature's also got a hand in saying, come on, wake up a bit, what are you, look what you're doing to yourself? Well, I mean, there, there are, are various types of bacteria, for example, we're having that problem here in Florida now, that thrive in warmer water. So as the oceans begin to warm up, we're going to have bigger problems with things like flesh-eating bacteria, uh, and uh, other types of infections and parasitic diseases because those particular organisms do better in the climate as it's developing as opposed to how the climate has been. Well, I think from, I think the next big war won't be about oil or land, it'll be about water. Well, that could be. We take water for granted, I think. Over here we're going to get in a thing called a hose pipe ban. Where we're not allowed to use hose pipes on using them to wash your car and um
for you know types of for outdoor type things. I think Los Angeles is one of the worst places I've heard of. Oh well, LA has its own set of problems. There's just so many people crowded into a small space. That's to be expected. I imagine there's vast parts of America that still haven't been um, discovered yet. say that adds to the low the global warming and it comes one big massive circle some things to look for. <laughs> now, would you like to mention to people where they could find anything like your books or... to download samples of books so I got a, like a gist of what I'm going to read because sometimes I, I like to know what I'm going to like the sense of the book before I buy the book does that make sense to you yeah a lot of people do that I think that's the best way I think that's the best way to do any book because sometimes you might get a book and think oh I didn't really like that but if you Have you got a massive library yourself? Important, isn't it? Because it references it again. Do you interact with other cryptozoologist people? Like, go to um, these uh, events that they have over there? Like, do you know what this is? Uh, you know, somebody sending me a picture or something like that. And, and, you know, 
out of an animal they can't identify. So, you know, we do that. And then, uh, then we also consult about, well, could something like this happen? What do you think? Is this possible? Uh, you know, would, uh, I th think I saw something that did this. Does, you know, does that strike a bell as any kind of creature you know? And, you know, that kind of thing all the time. It's good to have these discussions because, as you say, no one's a real expert, but you can sort of point people on the way. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I enjoy, I mean, one of the things I find the most stimulating is to interact with, uh, with uh, you know, my fans and uh, other people who are interested in cryptozoology. Uh, you know, we can talk way into the night sometimes uh, and, uh, and have a, a, you know, a blast discussing different things. And of course, you, I'm always trying to keep up on the latest of you know what people are seeing, something that's washed up on shore, uh, and all of that. Because I mean, these things are going on all over the world all the time. So it's it, it's lots of fun to uh, to just stay on top of things. I mean, especially with the modern day cameras and now. Oh God, yes. Yeah, the, with the cameras today, it's great because you know, especially with the, some of the new cell phone cameras, because the resolution is very good. And uh, people, you know, now they carry a camera around with them wherever they go. And uh, it, it, it's very nice because uh, you know, people will send me a photo. Sometimes from a photo I can tell a great deal. Sometimes there's just not enough detail in the photo to be able to identify what's going on. But I do my best. Yeah, I've, I've tried some, for trying to photograph some little insects and things like that. We had some jumpy, jumpy little insects that I tried to get someone to define what they were but I didn't get a clear enough picture because they were too fast <laughs> yeah well then that's one of the problems with the cameras by the time you whip the camera out and take a picture it's, it's gone yeah I think I'll probably have to set up a, like a, a one of those um, tracker cams take yes. millions of pictures cam. and photos yeah trail cams are very nice bit expensive kit but nice. worth it Yeah, well, obviously because they're most of the money. Yeah. And one thing people don't realise, you'll never be rich being a cryptozoologist. You'll never be a millionaire. Because hey, they got the money and they got the time. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the thing I found. I, 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 I found that because of this new Data Protection Act, it's a lot harder to find information now. Have you got the same problem over in the States? I like to make jokes about it. I mean, I, I, I do take bits of it seriously, but I think it's good to have fun with it as well. I like, I like playing with people. There's a, there's like Nessie's on the telly. Oh, there's been a sighting of Nessie. I say, hey, oh, look, see? It's good enough to be on the telly. You know, like that. Yeah.
and uh, before I knew it, the door was opening, and this big bear nose comes in the door, trying to get in the room. My little cat jumps up on the, the bed nearest the door, and and goes goes after the bear, and my, my elder cat retreated to the bathroom and hid behind the toilet. <laughs> So they're pretty good little hunters themselves. Yes, I do love animals. They 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 bring you back to earth. Oh, the little one, the little one would have been a, a, a tasty little snack for that bear. But fortunately, I was able to get to the door and fall on it in time to close the bear's nose in the door, and he pulled out. But uh, that would have been a very interesting encounter. <laughs> Well, I'd like to thank you for this chat, Scott, and giving you um, your time. I have really enjoyed our little discussion. And I've enjoyed speaking with you. And I'd like to say, uh, I think it's good good afternoon still you're in, isn't it? Uh, it's a late afternoon here, yes. But, yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a beautiful day outside. It's just a little bit warmer than normal. Yeah, sir. We, we we over here we like a thing called rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, rain can be a very good thing, especially on a very hot day. People think people have the illusion that it always rains in Britain, but I can tell you, folks, it isn't at the moment. It didn't rain, it didn't rain once when I was there. I know. Right. Oh yeah, it gets foggy. <laughs> you can't do nothing about that. It used to be worse years ago. Right, thank you very much, Scott. Thanks for having me on, and it's been great talking with you. Bye then. Take care. Bye.